You're listening to Let's Talk About Fatherlessness with host Sean Tice, where we talk about leading fatherless families to the Heavenly Father. Hey, my name is Sean Tice, and this is the Let's Talk About Fatherlessness show. I'm excited to have our guest Chad Wallen with us today. Chad, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure. Um, Chad Wallen, I actually live in uh, Fort, just outside of Fort Worth, Texas, originally uh, born and raised in Oregon. And I run a nonprofit ministry called Advance Camp, where we mentor and teach fatherless young men between the ages of 6th and 12th grade, tangible trade and life skills that we feel like a dad should have if he was still around in their life. That's great. Yeah, and we, we appreciate your ministry. You're actually on location right now. Yeah, right? yeah just landed in Oregon to, <laughs> to get some wheels turning here again. So, Okay, what are you doing up there? Why don't you tell us? So you have Oregon, you, have, you just launched, you're about to launch Tennessee, you have Florida and Texas, right? Yeah, so Texas is what I call our our national headquarters. Uh, so we have Texas just outside of Fort Worth. Uh, we launched uh, Florida outside of Fort Lauderdale in September of last year. Um, and then Oregon, we launched July of last year. And then about two weeks ago, we just launched in Tennessee, just south of Nashville. Um, so we're, we're spreading, um, trying to impact as many fatherless um as we can um across the nation so yeah we just launched that yeah. one well i appreciate what you do because i, I see how, see pictures and stuff you guys post and and for me i, I look at it you know i grew up fatherless and and i didn't have a lot of people to tell show me how to do things so even as an adult male i don't know how to fix a car i don't know how to do a lot of stuff fixing a lot of stuff or making a lot of stuff and and you're teaching kids skills that you know, how to work on stuff, how to fix stuff. And that's why I really, one of the reasons I appreciate your ministry is because you're giving them life skill. You're giving them things that they can do. And so tell us more about that, what you guys do. Sure. So the the best way I always explain is we literally will do anything that we feel like a dad should have taught. So that can be everything from, we just started doing RC cars just recently, just started doing uh, 3D printing, but are like a lot of our meat and potatoes is vocational skills. So general contracting, plumbing, framing, electrical, sheetrock. We do automotive, um, small engine repair, lawn care. Man, I tell you, moms come up to me and they're like, I really want three things taught to my son that I don't feel like I can do. Um, And that's lawn care. They're like, I need need my son to learn how to run a mower, a weed eater, a chainsaw. Um, I want him to learn how to work on cars. So we do some basic stuff. And then we do dig a little deep into some of the camps as guys continue to come to camp. We'll step it up the next level at the next camp. Um, and then the, the last one is the talk. You know, moms are like, I, I don't know how to have the talk with a young man. Like, I know how to talk, have a talk with the daughter. Um, and when I say the talk, I mean the sex talk. And so um, they put that on us as well. Um, that hasn't happened yet, but that is on our docket um, coming soon. But really, our big focus is um, teaching them these trades and these skills for, for two reasons. Um, one is these guys may say, I just, I want a hobby. You know, I, I want to be able to ride my bike and then work on my own bike. Or, you know what? I just love detailing cars. It's just, it's fun for me to see the before and the after. Um, I, I, I personally love to mow the lawn because it's my time with the Lord. Like I put on my, my ear pods or I, or I, I do nothing. And I is time of prayer while I'm mowing. And so that could be a hobby. But we also bring in guys to teach these trades that this is what they do for a living. So it opens up the opportunities for a career path. And so that's one of the things that's that's really big about what we're doing now. And I'm building all of our curriculum and the platform 
for uh, what I call pathways partners. So if a young man comes to our general contracting camp and says, man, automotive or uh, that electrical stuff or that plumbing stuff was awesome. Like that was my thing. We have a, a person to connect them to, to get um, the proper training, internship, discipleship, whatever that's going to look like as a paid employee to put them on a path of, of a career uh, versus the statistics that, that they're set up to be in. Um, you know, they look at, you know, the, the numbers can, can vary, but um, men that are incarcerated, 75% of men uh, in the prison system came from fatherless homes. I've heard 85%. It, I think it can depend on state, but I don't want them to end up at that, um, at that avenue of life and that uh, path of life. And so if we can teach them a trade skill, build up confidence, share the love of Jesus, we can put them on a different path. And that's really why we do those, the trade and, and vocational skills is to hope, hopefully open their eyes to a path other than the opposite, you know, the, the alternative. Yeah, I think it's great. And I, I said, I can't fix cars and stuff. I, I learned from my, my grandfather, um, how to cut the grass. I learned from my, um, the, my mentor, even to this day, Jim, he taught me, I worked for him for his company, an air machine, vacuum company, car washes, learned all kinds of stuff from him on that. Sure. I can't, I'm not one that's going to go and like build a house or something, but I've, I've learned things from my mentors. And I think what you're doing for these guys is the same thing that happened when I was growing up is you're teaching them confidence, knowing that they can work on things. Like I, I could, I could have fixed an air machine, you know, it's pretty much, I mean, I could, I could, you know, I learned how to change the oil and the, the work vans and the cars that they had. And, and so that, that taught me confidence, you know, that taught me if I can do this then I probably could do that. And and so mm-hmm. I think that's what, what you're doing is, is awesome. And the fact that they can, they can have a hobby too. Like, like my, my mentor took me uh, shooting skeet whenever I was in high school. I never shot a shotgun. Oh, yeah. We went, we yeah. went out and it, it somehow it got in his head. I don't know why he thought of it. And we were working the one day and he's like, he pulled off to this place. We went to this wing and shoot club and I never even heard of a wing and shoot club. I didn't know what that was. <laughs> and we went and he, he had the shotguns. We didn't have ear protection. I mean, that's how unprepared we were to do this. And we went out to, and we, we went out and did the course and we were just, I mean, we're just blowing, blowing away. I'm unloading the gun. You're not even supposed to do that at these clubs, but I'm unloading <laughs> the gun and, and we're just having fun. We're laughing, having a fun time. Well, that became a hobby of ours. And so we started shooting ski. He, he had a bunch of ground in Pennsylvania and up on their, the one, the hill that they had, they put a, uh, automatic thrower and so we would go mm-hmm. out there after after work on, in the summer times and just go shoot skeet for a couple hours or yeah. an hour and that was our that was our hobby so i get what you're saying i mean because yeah that gave me confidence because i got to the point with shooting skeet that i could hit 24 out of 25 um That's so awesome. if it wasn't if it wasn't for that mentor like you're being for these guys i would never have known that i would never have had that ability mm-hmm. and so yeah. i appreciate what you're doing in, in that sense because that's that's uh amazing do you see have you seen any results from kids where their confidence level has gone way up oh yeah so uh i actually had a mom we did our lawn care one and uh it's so funny because this mom ahead of time she goes i like i don't get it like i've asked them to help on our land they have like three to five acres um you know in texas and and uh, she goes i don't get it i've asked him to help me with cleaning up the lawn or cleaning up our land or cleaning up our forest like it, we need to trim trees and he won't help. He just, he just won't do it. He kind of kicks rocks. He'll do something else. Well, he came to our lawn care camp and we did chainsaws, uh, electric trimmers, weed eaters, walk behind mowers and riding mowers. Nice. But one of the things we gave him is a, is a chainsaw, which this thing is massive. It's a Husqvarna, like rancher, four thirty five. It's It's huge. It's big for me. And this, this young man was like 12 years old. 
And so he's running the chainsaw and we had a guy, uh, one of our mentors that stood beside him and showed him how to do this, how to properly run a chainsaw, how to do it safely. And no, no joke. The next morning, it was probably about 10 in the morning. I get a text message from his mom with him starting the chainsaw on the property. And she goes, I don't know what you did with my son yesterday, but I've been asking him for three years to help me on my property and he has never done it. And he's out there starting the chainsaw to help clean up. That's all. And it's, he yeah. didn't have somebody to sit behind. He didn't want to tell anybody, admit to anybody he didn't know how to do it. And then as soon as he had a man step in and say, you know what? You can do this. Like, we're going to go out there. We're going to do this. It's not It's not an optional thing. I'm going to teach you how to run a chainsaw. This is part of the activity today. It breaks down those walls um, and creates that confidence that they are capable of doing something like that. That's so cool. That's why I think it's so uh, invaluable what you're doing for these young men. And uh, I'm so thankful for your ministry. Advanced Camp, um, Texas, Oregon, Florida, Tennessee's coming. Tennessee's coming soon, mm-hmm. right? Started. Already started two weeks ago. Started. Okay. Oh, nice. Yep. Okay. I don't know how I missed yep. that. I, yeah. <laughs> All good. <laughs> we stay in touch as much as we can. But yeah, um, that, yeah. That's, that's awesome. Good for you guys. Now, diving into the area of fatherlessness, um, you know, we're talking about fatherlessness. What are some things that you, from your own story or from experience you have anything you want to share about fatherlessness we can kind of dive into a conversation about that um a little bit about my my background uh my dad was actually lived in the home my parents are still married they're actually about to celebrate their 50th anniversary but my dad wasn't around um he worked for a lumber yard and so he worked from about three o'clock in the afternoon until about 10 11 12 o'clock at night and so he wasn't home when we got home from school he wasn't awake when we got up to go to school so he wasn't around at all during the week um, he was around on the weekends as long as it was the hunting and fishing season. And so um, he's just what I classify as a disengaged father. Um, he's never been a bad dude. Like, I, I, honestly, I couldn't even tell you a time I've heard him cuss. Like, he, 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 was, a, he's, he was, is a good guy. Um, but he, didn't, he wasn't able to speak into my life the way I needed it. Um, so that's what pushed me into wanting to mentor young men and, mm-hmm. and speak into the fatherless side of it. Because I know if it affected me having a dad in the home that was disengaged. What does it look like to not have a dad in the home at all? And so, um, you know, I've seen the, the mass majority of what I hear from single moms without having a dad in the home, there's anger problems in the home. They, they tell me all the time, Hey, are you sure you want to take on my son? He's got some anger issues. I'm like, honestly, we don't really see him at camp. Um, yeah. there's men speaking in their lives. Um, I also have a zero tolerance for it. You know, I fostered for eight years. Like I've seen some crazy stuff in our home from foster care. I just don't have a tolerance for that stuff. And I let them know it ahead of time of what the expectations are. And it's funny when they're getting this, the fatherless are getting expectations set in front of them by a male. Um, it is received differently than it is from a female. Um, and it's because there's a transition in their lives around 10 or 11 that the uh, discipline, disciplinary and the friend swap. Um, and when the dad's not there to swap those roles and speak in their lives, um, that's when you start having the behavioral issues. You start having the suicide issues. You start seeing them find identity into other pieces. And so um, we, we, we see some crazy identities um, with the fatherless as well of, you know, who's your role model? Oh, my dad's not around. So my neighbor is, Oh, cool. What, like, how's he your role model? Oh, he's a dealer. So your, <laughs> yeah. your role model is a dealer. Yeah. I'm going to grow up just like him. He makes good money and like, he's got really cool jewelry. So that's what you find valuable. Um, and it's because they don't have a man as a role model sitting in front of them, showing them what a man looks like, showing them what a leader looks like. 
showing them what a father looks like. And they're just like, I'll grab identity from wherever I can. If they aren't grabbing negative identity from their own father, they're grabbing a negative identity, not all the time, but most of the time from surrounding things. So that's what I see the most of is breaking identity roles and, um, you know, just trying to work through behavioral stuff, anger issues, um, you know, that those, those pieces. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And it's, and the thing is, and I just, I just interviewed a, a pastor too. And, um, what you mentioned, how with your story, your dad wasn't there, what emotionally, mentally, spiritually, um, he was physically present, but maybe didn't nurture you physically, like even you needed mm-hmm. to, to be taught different things. And I, I'd said in that podcast with the, this pastor, I said that, you know, I think like it's harder um, but maybe it isn't, maybe it's very similar, but to, to not to, to have a dad in your house that doesn't spend time with you than it is to not have one at all, uh, because you're constantly reminded that he's not there. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, I think it's probably very, you know, it's pretty equal I, it, and it's hard to even the measure the difference, honestly. But I think, yeah. I think what having a dad in your house, like, you, so let's, let's talk about that more. Like you had a dad, um, mm-hmm. but that is still, that's still in somewhat in many areas, that's fatherlessness. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's um, it's a range of uh, fatherlessness is a range, um, and that's that's on say on the far right. The far left is never met your dad. Um, I have man, I have moms that tell me that their dad was a sperm donor, and that's literally how they're referred to. Um, whereas my dad was there, and he did. Man, there's still there's stuff we teach at camp that my dad taught me growing up um, that I'm very grateful that he was there and he taught me how to do. Um, so that but with that being said i didn't hear from my dad until i was 19 years old i can tell you exactly where i was what i was doing the time of day the temperature outside when my dad told me for the first time that he loved me Mm. and he didn't tell me and i was 19 years old and then he didn't tell me until i was 39 years old so 20 years later that he was proud of me wow um when I launched uh, Advanced Camp in in Texas, so when my family mo- and I moved to Texas, I can't remember if it's on the phone or if in text message. I think it was over the phone, but um, told him I had launched Advanced Camp. We'd been running for about three or four months, and he goes, "Man, I'm really proud of you." I'm like, wow, that's awesome. I don't even know how to like digest that, right? And it still like yeah. still brings me to tears because I'm like, that's all I wanted growing up, and it was there in front of me all the time and never done. Yeah. That validation of, Hey, you're, yeah. you're a man. You know, I believe in you. Mm-hmm. I care about you. He knew he cared about you, but that I believe in you. Hey, I'm going to hand this off to you. You're a man. Um, yeah. you know, it's like we, we, we go to a similar event every year and they talk about the blessing at it, right. Give that, that father mm-hmm. blessing. They've given that blessing to you. And that's what you were looking for. And so at 39, yeah. do you feel like you received that blessing at that moment from him then just in that, in that way? Did that help? I mean, how, how did that I mean, help you? I'd say it helped, but then it's like, okay, where's the rest of it? Like you stopped it. I'm proud of you. But like, it was just that, okay, what's next? Um, Cause that's 39 years of no affirmation, you know? Um, so just, yeah, it, it's kind of crazy. I have this conversation with my mom often of, um, of my dad and the lack of, uh, of speaking into, to that and um and she goes man it really hurts my heart when you tell me about how you feel like your dad's fallen short i was like 
okay, I don't know what to tell you. That's just, that is how it happened. And she goes, I know, but it just, it hurts my heart that that was the experience you were raised in. I said, but if I was raised in the right situation, would I be able to, would I have the motivation to, would I have the drive to make the impact on the fatherless that I do now? If I didn't have that nudge or the lack thereof, of motivation or dad motivating me, um, man, it's a blessing that, uh, my dad didn't do it. Cause now it can impact so many other young men's lives in a positive way because how I was raised. So it's kind of one of those things, you know, God can work all things together for the, you know, for the good. And that was 39 years of rough. Um, but I can change it to an eternity for others. Amen. That's good. And, and that's the thing you're, you're taking it and trying to break the cycle in your own life mm-hmm. of changing things. And, it, and I understand that with my situation, I you're trying to break the cycle myself. And, and, and that's what we need is we need a generation of cycle breakers saying, Hey, I'm going yeah. to make a change. I'm going to make things different. Um, you know, it's like, you see these old pictures of these dads that they, in the family picture, the whole family smiling and the dad's like, you know, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I hate, I hate pictures yeah. like that. It's like you smile, man. Like I yeah. me nuts when I see pictures like that because th- there's this generation of they didn't say that I love you. They you know, and yeah. not all of them are like that. But some of them just didn't like to smile. But there was just there's these a lot of these people that they didn't have that validation from their dad. Yeah. And so I appreciate you sharing that. Now, yeah. How do you take that and you know you teach your kids the kids we work with skills. What what else do you teach them like emotionally and spiritually and stuff? Um, well, at lunchtime we do uh, what I call the nugget. Um, it's a, just a nugget out of scripture uh, we share that ties into where the trade is. Uh, we actually did uh, motorcycle tuning, repair, and sales at a local Harley dealership in Fort Worth this last camp last Saturday. I'm like, man, I don't know what I'm going to teach out of scripture for uh, for this camp. Like, how do you <laughs> you like? Can you tie Moses into a motorcycle? Like, how do you do that? And so, uh, I guess somehow I could have, but. I really pushed into the identity of what is, what is a man. Um, and so we, we sat down and talked because this motorcycle shop serves, uh, the banditos, like the banditos come in and buy motorcycles from. So I was like, okay, what's a man? Like, what, what does a man look like? Uh, what does a behavior look like that is biblically sound? Uh, what is it? how does God say a man is designed? And so we've really pushed into that on this camp. And so we do biblical stuff. We do identity stuff. We don't call our campers boys or kids. We call them young men. Um, so that's some mental stuff that we work through. Um, you act like a young man because you are a young man. You act like a boy or a kid. Uh, we have a conversation of, do you want to still come to camp? Because we don't have boys or kids at camp. We have young men at camp. Um, mm-hmm. So it puts them to a level of accountability for their behavior. Um, really push into identity. Um, I, I brought it up earlier, but that's our number one battle with these young men is identity. We really push into uh, what is, what does God say you are? Who, who does God say you are um, versus what your dad said you are, or your dad created your identity by um, his, his actions and his behaviors. Um, so we really, we really push heavy into identity. Um, so those are some of the, like the outside, um, trade nuggets. Um, I have people ask me all the time, do we teach them how to shake hands and then make eye contact? I said, no, we don't. And, uh, they look at me like I'm crazy. Like, why would you not, yeah. why would you not speak into these young men's lives of how to shake a hand? And my response is always, we don't teach that we get caught doing that. 
And so it's caught, not taught. These young men come to camp and every time they come to camp, they are met eye to eye with a handshake and they watch that and they see how we act and how we do it. And they pick up those skills based off of watching us act as godly males. What does a godly man look like? And they replicate it. Wow. That's really good. So you guys are just teaching them all kinds of stuff. And I, and I appreciate that, what you're, what you're doing with that. Have you had to have any, um, you know, stories of thoughtlessness that you've seen in your group just, you know, and I know you have to be careful what you share, but um, anything where you're just to talk more about the issue of, of, of thoughtlessness, is there anything that you're, you're like, here, this, this is an incredible story, or uh, this is something I've seen. I mean, you've been doing this for a while. Is there any, any, Major yeah, I'll give you two sides. Other other, other ways yeah. you've already, you already said some, but sure. I'm going to share a, a loss, and um, and I'll share a win. Okay. Uh, yeah, so great. I have a camper. Yeah. I had a camper that came to our camp, and he came two or three, four times. He was like one of my favorite campers. He was just if I had favorites, I don't, but if I did, he he would be one of them. And uh, awesome, awesome young man. Well, his mom started telling me he's not coming to camp this camp. He's, he's been very disrespectful to me. And so we're working with, with respect before he can come back to camp. I said, no, 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 you got to send him to camp. Let us speak that into him. Part of being a godly man is respecting women. I think that's lost in our society right now is, you know, they say, I don't, I want to demasculate men. No, you, you want men to be masculine in the right way. And that is respecting women and treating them with respect. And so, um, she's like, he's not being respectful. Um, you know, he's, he's arguing with me all the time. So he's not coming to camp until he gets his act straight. And I was like, no, no, you got to send him to camp. She wouldn't do it. She wouldn't listen. He ended up incarcerated. And I, and his mom didn't tell me why directly. She said that there was a confrontation or something with his girlfriend and he went to jail and she didn't. And she said he is following literally after his dad's footsteps so his dad's been out of his life for years like years and he is still replicating the behavior of his father because he has no men stepping in to put him on the right track and speaking into his life to put him on the right track so that's a loss for us and i so anytime a mom brings up oh he's not coming to camp he's bad behavior i said no you send him to camp and we'll straighten up that behavior we'll teach them what right correct behavior is um so that that's was like when I was a youth pastor. When I was a youth pastor. They, um, people would say, "Oh, they're not allowed to come to church. They're grounded." And it's like, really? Like, yeah. <laughs> coming to church is going to help them. Hopefully, you know. I mean, hopefully, yeah. it'll help them learn something from the Bible, learn some principles, be around Christians. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely. You know, you don't want to take kids away from things that's going to help them mature, creating their Christian Correct. faith as a person. So, yeah, thanks for sharing yeah. that. So on the positive side, uh, what, one of the statistics of fatherlessness is high school dropout. It's 71% of high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. And we had a mom reach out to me. I was actually vacationing in Tennessee. She calls crying, uh, super upset. I said, I'm sorry. I'm at dinner for my birthday with my wife. I'll let you talk to one of the mentors. Here you go. It comes back to me that he was dropping out of high school to become a YouTube star. He didn't have a YouTube channel, but he was going to drop out of high school to become a YouTube star. I said, okay, I understand you're, I understand you're scared. I get it. Don't let him miss a camp. And she goes, okay. And so we spoke into his life. We ended up becoming the men in his life. 
And um, about six, seven months later, I got an invite to his high school graduation that he did just get a, a GED. He went, he stayed in focused and got his diploma, but he was that close to dropping out because he just didn't have men speaking into his life um, and letting him know the importance of follow through. Um, so one of the things about being a man is being responsible for your behaviors. Um, and so being able to speak that into him, That's kept cool. him on the right track and graduate high school. That's awesome, man. I love that. Yeah. Um, as we, as we're, we're going to wrap up now. Um, anything you want to share that you're thinking, Hey, I should have shared this or anything else about thoughtlessness that you want to talk about? Man, um, with your experience with it or anything you've seen trends or. Man, uh, yeah, if we can, the, the, the thing I see my biggest heart towards the fatherless is to be preventative. Um, get Mm, in with these, uh, young men, get in with these young ladies, speak into their lives, put them on a trajectory other than the statistic. Um, and help them create a, a positive path um, in their life uh, before they choose a a bad path. Um, so that's like my one nugget I always take away is what am I speaking in these young men's lives to prevent them from going into incarceration or high school dropout or suicide or um, drugs? What you know? That's 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 my nugget to leave you with is what can you do before? What can you speak in their lives before they take the wrong path? Now, with your volunteers, is that what you teach them? What What do you teach them when you say, hey, you're going to be working with fatherless kids? Is that what you say? Like, hey, you speak truth into their life, um, you know, be available to them. Is that kind of how you guys, some of the stuff you teach them? Or No, um, I tell them uh, they they need to do three things every camp for these young men. They affirm their behaviors. They speak confidence into them, build up their confidence and share the love of Jesus. Mm-hmm. that's their job at camp. Um, you know, that's they awesome. work on projects b- beside them, but as they're working on a project, they're built, they're, they're built, they're affirming their behaviors, right? They're affirming their abilities, but they're in the process that is building confidence. And then of course, foundationally, you got to teach them the love of Christ because they don't know the love of a father. They know the abandonment yeah. of a father. And that's the thing. They, they're around so many negative influences. Public school, a lot of times is mostly negative. the, Social media, you're on tick they're on TikTok, Instagram, whatever they're on, a lot of negative stuff, immoral things, teaching negative things, um, and teaching worldliness, teaching things against anti God, they're anti God things. And so, you know, you're 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 bringing them there. And so people that are listening that are saying, Hey, we don't have a, an advanced camp here, we don't have you can get started just working with the kids down the street. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, working with those kind of kids and and be part of their life and speaking truth into them, telling them about Jesus, you know, giving them um, affirmation and just helping them know that, hey, you don't have to become a statistic like that one kid you work with. You don't have to become mm-hmm. like your your dad. You don't have to go down and, and you know, go to prison just like your dad did. You can do something different. Mm-hmm. And so I appreciate what you do. I thank you for, yeah. for your work and, and excited about how God's uh, growing your ministry. Yeah, I am too, man. It's pretty awesome to sit here and watch what God's doing for sure. But thank you for thank you for being on with us, and we yeah. really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for the invite. It's great to talk to you. 
To learn more about how you can get involved in fatherless family ministry, visit lifefactors.org where you can find some free resources. You can find our books that we have. You can find some, even the program that we have to help you start a single mom ministry within your ministry or within your church. We can all work together to lead fatherless families to the Heavenly Father.